Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. So we have been in our series on the Holy Spirit, and we've talked about several things so far, so I'll just recap quickly. Watch this. Holy Spirit came to bring you power. Come on, I should have got about 17 more amens than that. I said the Holy Ghost came to bring you power. Jesus says, wait on it. I'm getting a little bit in the monitors up here, guys. But Jesus says, wait on it. You got to have it. Don't leave Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere until you have been clothed with power from on high. You guys got the, you got the gun, but you need the ammo. You, you've got salvation, but you're going to need the power to accomplish what it is that I'm asking you to do. You are going to need the power of the Holy Ghost at work in your life. The Holy Spirit also came to bring you the baptism of the Holy Ghost, right? He came to bring you a prayer language. That way you can stop running out of things to say in your prayer closet. Come on, somebody. And, and he gave you that prayer language so that you can actually pray for things that you know not. As Romans 8 says, that when you pray in the Spirit, you are praying for things that you know not that you need to be praying for. You might be praying... Uh, to help your child be safe from a car wreck or an overdose or some horrific thing. You might be praying for your parents on some sort of situation when you pray in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that no man understands it, and I happen to believe that Satan can't understand it either. So Satan gets to freaking out when we get to praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude says, build yourself up by praying in the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 14 talks about edification of yourself. See, prophesying is for us. It's the individuals, right? It's to edify us. But praying in the Holy Ghost actually edifies yourself. It builds you up in the Spirit. Amen? And so the baptism of the Holy Ghost, y'all remember the demonstration that I gave with the water in the pitcher being dropped in the pitcher? Baptism, that Greek word baptismo, means to be fully submerged. I believe that every Christian that said yes to Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit in the sense of the Holy Spirit and dwells within them. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is being dropped and submerged to a whole nother level. Because you don't have just the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. I believe that according to that word, that you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and on the outside of you. I have never heard that preached before from the pulpit. But you're getting it preached to you right here and right now. I can't believe that that's never been preached. Because that's what the word actually means. Baptismo. Baptized. In the Holy Ghost, it means that you are fully submerged in God. And what happens with that, when you're fully submerged in God, you are consumed with the things of God. Come on, somebody. Folks that have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, they're just different, ain't they? They're just submerged in the things of God. They can't stop talking about God. They can't stop thinking about God. They just are fully engaged and submerged with the things of God. So he came to submerge you. In himself, Holy Spirit. Remember, we're talking about the Holy Spirit here. He came to consume you with the things of God. Number three, the Holy Ghost came to be your teacher, your leader, and your guide. Y'all remember us talking about that. I'm recapping for just a couple of moments here. But we talked about how he came to teach you. Come on, somebody. The Holy Ghost is your teacher. If anybody in the room thinks, I got revelation, wait till the Holy Ghost takes you to the classroom. Come on, somebody. Like, Holy Spirit is your teacher. Holy Spirit is your leader and your guide, right? Remember I talked about there are books in heaven that are written about your life. So 
God is trying to get you to your destiny, hence your destination. He's trying to get you to a destination, your destiny. And what he does is that he's already planned out your whole life in heaven and he's wrote it in a book. And then Holy Spirit knows what's in that book. So Holy Spirit on the inside of you is trying to get you to that destination. Come on, somebody. Y'all awake this morning. So the Holy Spirit is your God. I don't want a tour guide that ain't been ain't toured the place that he's, talk, that he's taking you around, right? If you get a tour guide at Disney World, I don't want the tour guide that ain't never been to Disney World. Come on, somebody. And Holy Ghost has toured your life. He knows what God's plan is for you. He knows where you're supposed to go. He knows where you're supposed to end up. He knows who you're supposed to marry. Come on, somebody. Where are my single folks at? Better get in tune with the Holy Ghost. Marry somebody you ain't supposed to. Never ends well. <laughs> Lord have mercy. He's your God, right? I don't want anybody guiding me that hasn't been to the place that they're guiding and touring me to. The Holy Ghost came. We talked about this last week. The Holy Ghost came to bring you gifts. Come on. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. They ain't spooky. They ain't cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. They're powerful, right? Holy Ghost might knock you in the floor and have you rolling around, but he ain't going to have you barking like a dog and choking out trees in the parking lot. Come on, somebody. Holy Ghost ain't weird. Holy Ghost is full of power, and Holy Ghost will have you walking in that power, bringing revelation to you, inspiration of the gifts. Remember, there's power, revelation, and inspiration of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Those three categories is what they fall in. And we talked about those last week. Gifts are there to help you accomplish your mission and mandate in the earth. Come on, somebody. Gifts give you power. Gifts bring heavenly revelation. Gifts that give inspiration to you, and not only you, but to the other individuals around you, right? And we talked about that with words of wisdom and words of knowledge, right? You know, don't come giving me a word of wisdom on my finances when you're up to your neck in debt. Come on, somebody. Like, they're for you first, and then they're for the individuals around you. Amen, right? Good practical teaching there. So they're for you first, but then they are also to impact the individuals around you. The gifts of the Holy Ghost are there so that we can edify, encourage, lift, and build one another up. Amen? So they're not just for you. They're for you to make an impact on the world around you. And now we've gotten to what we're talking about today, and that is that the Holy Spirit came to bring fruit in your life. Amen? The Holy Spirit came to bring, bring fruit in your life. Jesus says that you will know them by their fruit in Matthew 16, 20. That you will know that they are truly my believers and in return your family, amen, if you see these type of fruits in their life. Well, what is fruit, Jesus? And also, what kind of fruit are you talking about? Do they have apples and bananas growing off of their arms and legs? No, you silly goose. They do not. Fruit of the Spirit. First off, what Jesus is meaning by fruit is evidence. Is there evidence in their life that they are who they say they are? 
Is there evidence to the individual that's saying they're a believer, that they're a Christian, that they have, their, they have your, your best interest in heart and in mind when they are trying to connect with you? Do they have fruit or evidence in their life that says they belong to Jesus? What Jesus is saying here is, I don't care what you're saying, and you shouldn't either if the individual is saying something, but their life isn't lining up with it. What Jesus is saying is, don't get caught up and what people are telling you, get caught up in what are the individuals actually doing and producing in their life. Jesus is saying, I don't care about lip service and how much they say they love me and how much they say they are for me. Does their life show that what they are saying matches up with it? This is one reason why I love Jesus. Because Jesus is real. Come on, y'all. Jesus was real. Do I got any real people in the house this morning? I'm looking for the real people that say, I hear what you're telling me, but I want to see what you're talking about. Come on, somebody. I hear what you're saying, but I want to know, is what you're saying really true? Does it line up? I hear what you're talking about, how much you love me and how much you love Jesus, but I'm trying to see some action behind it. Single folks in the room, when you're out there looking for the one that God created for you to help you, let me help you this morning. They say they love you and they love Jesus, but they can't come to church with you. It's time for a fruit check. Come on, somebody. It's time for a fruit check. Check. They say they love you and Jesus, but won't read the word with you. It's time for a fruit check. They say they love Jesus and they love you, but won't pray with you, won't read the word with you, won't go to church, won't do ministry with you, won't do life with you in the way that God has called y'all to do it together, want to keep forcing you into doing things that ain't about the kingdom. Come on, somebody. That individual doesn't really care about you or is operating in the, the lifestyle that they are trying to pretend to you that they are operating in. It's called a fruit check. Come on. We got to we got to begin to check some people's fruit. Amen. If none of those boxes are checked, let me help you run. <laughs> Time to check yourself right about that relationship. Come on. You see, Jesus will get real with you real quick. He says, you'll know them by their fruit. You'll know them by the evidence that they display in their life. It's really, really sad, but I have seen so many Christians disqualify themselves for what things God has for them because they simply will not listen to this simple scripture and check people's fruit. Because Jesus says you'll know them by their fruit. Jesus says don't get caught up in what they're saying. Don't get caught up in the chitter chatter. Don't get caught up in anything that somebody's got to say. What you need to do is look at their life and see the evidence or the fruit in it. Jesus made it plain. When people display their actions and lifestyle that they do not belong to me, it's time to cut the cord. Don't let them fool you. I don't care what they are telling you. Paul backs up what Jesus says and says, do not be unequally yoked. Paul is not just talking about your marriage relationship. He's talking about relationships, period. Come on, y'all. Paul is backing up what Jesus is saying, and he's saying, don't be unequally yoked with individuals because they're going to wind up weighing you down. People that don't have the same mindset as you, people that don't have the same spirit as you, people that don't have the same mentality as you. Can I help y'all today? You know, millionaires hang out with millionaires for a reason. 
it ain't it most of the time it ain't even because they they just believe that they're better than everybody else i'm not saying that that don't happen i'm sure that it does but millionaires hang out with millionaires because they have the same type of mentality oh come on y'all some practical preaching and teaching today like people that got money hang out with people that got money. You want to know why? Because they don't want anybody getting in the way of their mentality, dragging them down, becoming dead weight, weighing down on their spirit or weighing down on what it is that they are trying to accomplish. I ain't trying to motivational speak today, but let me motivational speak today. You need to be hanging out with people that have the same mentality, that have the same heart for the kingdom of God, that want to accomplish things for the kingdom of God and not just be looking out for themselves and being self as the Bible just warned us about in a minute that those type of individuals won't inherit the kingdom of God but we have to hang out and hang around with individuals who are of the same mind and of the same likeness why do drug addicts hang out with drug addicts because they do drugs that ain't hard I've been there come on like like why do drinkers hang out with drinkers because they drinking This is saying that kingdom people need to hang out with kingdom people. Come on. Like people who got fruit hanging off the tree need to hang out with people who other people who got fruit hanging off of their tree. And you want to know the other thing about fruit is that it hangs so that other people can pick it. (laughs) See, your fruit ain't just about you. Come on, your fruit is supposed to impact the world around you and make a difference and walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness to the individuals around you so that the world can see Jesus in you. And if the world ever sees Jesus in you, they can say yes to the Jesus in you and the world can be changed in a better and a different place. Our country would be in a whole lot better of a situation if the people of God would begin to really grasp this thing and say, I'm not just going to try to operate in the gifts. See, we spirit-filled folks, we get caught up on the gifts a lot. And I'm all for them. We need them. We got to have them. I want them in this church, and we're going to have them in this church. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want you operating in no gifts if you ain't got no fruit. Hey, don't even operate in them. Save them for another day. If you ain't got no fruit or evidence in your life, if you can't love people, if you don't have joy, if you're not patient with people, if you're not kind, if you ain't got goodness in your heart, if you don't want to do what the right thing is, if you're not faithful, I don't even want you to operate in your gifts. I know that's a little bit harsh, but come on, somebody. No, we got to have the fruit of the Holy Ghost. If you want the gifts, you need the fruit too. We can't separate them. They go together. Man. I should probably keep preaching that, but don't be unequally yoked is what Paul says. Y'all understand what a yoke is, right? We see this example all throughout the scripture, and they use this example of a yoke because it was an agricultural time. People knew agriculture. Today, it would be like technology. People and preachers using technology as examples or in speaking or telling parables or whatever it may be. We use technology now, but they used agriculture because it was the thing in that time frame in history that everybody knew about. Because if you didn't know about it, you would starve. Sounds like something else out of the Bible. If you don't work, you don't eat. Come on, somebody. Got to get back to work. All right, I ain't getting political. But... It's something that we got to understand. So what Jesus and Paul are saying here is don't be unequally 
yoked with an individual because it's going to slow you down. I wish I had an example for this, and I thought about it, and I didn't make it happen. But when you've got a yoke, it's a harness that goes on two oxen or two horses with the purpose of pulling whatever is behind them at the same speed to accomplish a common goal. So when you get unequally yoked with individuals, here's how that works. You either getting dragged or you dragging somebody. And you don't want either one of those things. We don't need either one of those things in the body of Christ. Come on, we ain't got time to be wasting, baby. You've got to accomplish your mission and your mandate for the kingdom of God. And when you are unequally yoked with individuals in marriages or in relationships, period, in friendships, in, in whatever it may be, it will slow you down in accomplishing what God has called you to do before the foundation of the world because you were predestined and had a predetermined plan for your life before you ever showed up. Aren't you glad y'all serve a God who came with a plan? Look, I talked about that book a second ago. Do you understand that in that book, Jesus had a book too? Jesus quotes it. He says, I have come to do what is written in your book of me. If Jesus didn't come here without a plan, you ain't come here without a plan. And we got to be in tune with the Holy Ghost so that we can accomplish that plan. Amen. So Jesus isn't saying, isn't just saying that you will know them by their fruit for no reason. Paul doesn't say be unequally yoked in your relationships with individuals just because he's trying to tell you who you can and who you can't hang out with. Paul and Jesus are making these statements. They're saying these things to warn you to be on the lookout because people are going to try to hold you back. These folks ain't trying to go where God's trying to get you to go. They aren't trying to help you do what God's called you to do. They aren't trying to get you to say what God told you to say. And Jesus gives you a recipe to find out who these people are. Come on, somebody. We need to know who these people are. And Jesus gives you this easy recipe to tell you who these people are so you can point them out and then you can cut the tie with the individuals. Hey, Jesus calls you to love everybody, but he don't call you to trust everybody. I've been preaching that for months, too. And love Love is an action, right? We've talked about that for months too. But he gives you this so that you can disconnect yourselves from the individual so that you can cut ties that y'all have together so that you can get into your destiny and stop carrying around dead weight. Help me, Holy Ghost, because I felt that one. Let me help the church today. Folks that have no fruit in their, in their life, are dead weight in yours. Help me, Jesus. Folks that have no fruit in their life, they have no evidence that says they belong to Jesus, they are a dead weight in your life. Because when there's no evidence that they belong to Jesus, let me help you, they don't belong to Jesus. And if you don't belong to Jesus, you're spiritually dead. And if you're spiritually dead, that means you're heavy. Anybody ever heard the saying, dead weight, carrying around some dead weight? When you have somebody who's spiritually dead, they're heavy. They'll drag you down. They'll take from you. They don't bring nothing to the table of destiny. I know I'm being a little hard. Y'all okay today? But y'all got to have this information because if you don't have this information, you're going to let people drag you down. You're going to let situations drag you down. And you ain't got time to be dragged down. You've got something to accomplish for the kingdom of God. Come on. They're heavy. They're going to weigh you down. 
And if they weigh you down, they're fixing to slow you down. And like I said a second ago, we don't got time to be slowed down. Come on, somebody. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that we need to advance the kingdom of God. Come on. Today is the day that you need to start walking and calling destiny and purpose if you're not already. Today is the day that you need to edify and encourage an individual. Today is a day that the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit need to be evident in your life. Today is the day that we've got to expand the kingdom. Today is the day to put your hand to the plow and not look back. Come on. Today is the day. We don't have time to waste. You don't have time to waste. I don't have time to waste. We cannot waste another day. We're getting ready. I love that song. We're getting ready. We're getting ready. I want to get y'all ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And here's the other thing. Without the fruit of the Holy Ghost, you are not going to be going to that marriage supper of the Lamb. We got to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Today is the day to get you closer to your destiny and purpose. We don't have time for fruitless individuals to keep you from the things that God has called you to. I wish I could find 10 people right now that would say, today is the day. I'm not letting anybody hold me back anymore. Come on, somebody. I wish I could find 10. I wish I could find 20 that would say in the room today, today is the day. I'm done letting folks drag me down. I'm done with negativity. I'm done letting folks hold me back from what God has for me. I'm done hanging out with fruitless individuals. I'm done worrying about the individuals that left me and abandoned me and didn't show the fruit of loyalty. Come on, somebody. That even rhymes. John says they went out from among us because they wasn't even from us. Come on. Somebody thank the Holy Ghost for cleaning out your friends list. Come on. Somebody thank the Holy Ghost for cleaning up your social media right now. You got my full permission. Break out your phone. Just start cleaning it up. Take away the individuals that ain't bearing fruit in their life. Just get rid of them. Come on. We, we, we've got to understand this in the body of Christ that you better be hanging out with people that got fruit on the tree so that y'all can call each other higher. I'm not saying we don't go into the world and preach the gospel and do evangelism. Y'all already know that's the heart of this church. We're going to go and seek and save the lost. And when we go seek and save the lost and we're carrying the power of the Holy Ghost and the individual encounters the Holy Ghost, fruit will just be a byproduct in their life. Come on. Jesus. I've said it before. When individuals leave and they ain't bearing no fruit and you got to leave or they leave, God is just saving you a lot of money on Tylenol in 2021. (laughs) Done crying about individuals that left me, abandoned me, don't show loyalty, don't have fruit on their tree. They're not tied to my destiny and my purpose and the things that God is trying to get me to accomplish. And I'm carrying around a bunch of dead weight and I got work to do for the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. Does anybody got work to do for the kingdom of God in the house today and willing to cut the ties to the dead weight and the dead things in your life so that you can get to moving with Jesus? Come on. Now that we've settled that, we can get to my sermon. I'm just kidding. But we're going to transition here, too. So we want the fruit of the Holy Spirit, not the fruit of the flesh. Come on. We want the fruit of the Holy Spirit, not the fruit of the flesh. Because he gives you a nice long list of what your flesh wants to do. Then he gives you a nice long list of what the fruit of the Spirit wants to do. Y'all remember we're teaching on the Holy Spirit. This whole thing is about the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. But before we get there, I feel I need to break down something for us. And it's this. 
who an enemy of God is and who is at war with the Holy Ghost and an individual who is at war with your destiny. Watch this. The answer to both of those questions are you. <laughs> Messed y'all up. I've seen it all over your face. Me? I ain't at war with God. I ain't at war with the Holy Ghost. I get that. I get that. But listen what I'm telling you right now. It's your flesh and your sinful nature that the Bible says, not Pastor Caleb. This, I got this from the book. Where's my Bible? It's on the computer too. But I, I got that out of the Bible. The Bible says that your carnal mind is at enmity against God and that your sinful nature, we just read it, it wars against what the Spirit is trying to do. You see, when God made us in His image too, He made us in His image on several different levels because one fact is that we are three in one just like He is. He is the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and we have a body, soul, and spirit. And your flesh, your carnal way of living and thinking is in a constant battle with what the Spirit of God wants to do. Sounds like something out of Romans 7, doesn't it? Watch verse 16 here. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the desire of the flesh is that war against the, is, is against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For those who are in opposition to one another, in order to keep you from doing what you want. So Paul here says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill what your flesh wants to do. But the flesh is against the spirit. Some versions even use that terminology that I said while reading that. That your flesh wars against the spirit of God. And the word that is translated flesh there can be translated and in, 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 is translated in other versions, your sinful nature. So back to what this is saying here. Your sinful nature that we were all born with is at war and an enemy of the Holy Ghost. Your flesh or sinful nature will constantly be tugging on you to fulfill what it wants to do in your life instead of what the Spirit wants you to do. Y'all ever seen them cartoons? Got a devil on this side and an angel on this side. That's cute and it's good for graphics, but that's not what's really going on. What it is is that you've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you and you've got your fleshly carnal mind that is constantly wanting to do what it wants to do. And because of what Adam did in the garden, we have to deal with this until the day that Jesus returns. But thank God that we don't face any problem on this earth without God giving you the answer, and the answer is the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit at work with on the, on the inside of you is the thing that's pointing you to righteousness, that's pointing you to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you've got to go to battle, baby. Sometimes you've got to go to war and just tell your flesh to shut up and take a back seat to what the Spirit of God is telling me to do. Sometimes I don't want to get up and preach, but it's what God's called. Sometimes I get wore out. Sometimes people can wear you out. Sometimes all of those things can happen, but I've got something to accomplish for the kingdom of God. And when my flesh says I ain't got nothing more to give, the power of the Holy Ghost can come upon me and I can preach and I can counsel an individual that might have done something wicked or evil to me and I can still walk in love, joy, compassion, kindness, meekness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. Come on somebody because sometimes you just want to grab people up, don't you? 
But you got to have self-control. Fruit of the Holy Ghost. Right? This is why it's so important to have communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit of God. This, this is why we've got to talk about these things. I've, I've been preaching for five weeks straight up on the Holy Spirit for the last five weeks. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. I hope you ain't getting tired of it yet because we might have more to do. I'm not sure yet. But Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. I said it. I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks, too. Like we do understand Jesus has done everything that he came to do when he said it is finished on that cross It was finished. He's interceding on your behalf, seated at the right hand of God. But what he did is he sent the Holy Ghost into the earth, the Holy Spirit into the earth, so that you have a God and you have somebody that can produce something different and can produce the lifestyle that God has called you to produce, which is being conformed to the image of Christ, which in other words means that you look like Christ, that you live like Christ, that you love like Christ, that you forgive like Christ, that you walk in compassion and mercy like Christ. Amen? The Holy Spirit produces all of those things. So this is why it's important to have communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Because the more that you do, the flesh dies so that the Spirit can come alive. I ain't even got this in my notes, but we did read it a second ago. The Christian, it says, the one who has given their life to Christ has actually crucified the flesh. But you want to know how that happens? Daily. Come on. That's how you crucify the flesh. Every day when you get up, you get in the presence of God. Every day when you get up, you spend time with the Holy Spirit. And the more time that you spend with the Holy Spirit and in the glory of God, some of that can actually get on you. And when it gets on you, you can be a world changer and your life can actually look like Christ. Y'all ever heard that old Indian proverb? The wolf that you feed lives. If you hadn't, I'm going to read it to you. One evening, an elderly Cherokee brave told his grandson about a battle that goes on on the inside of people. He said, my battle, he said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside us all. One is evil. It is anger, envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, Self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The grandson thought about that for a minute, and then he asked his grandfather. He said, well, which wolf wins? The old Cherokee simply replied, The one that you feed. Hmm. Ain't it funny how this old Cherokee proverb sounds like something straight out the Bible? I ain't saying this is a fact, but I will tell you this. Jesus, after his resurrection, went around preaching to people, showing up all over the place. This is an old Cherokee proverb. Maybe he went and preached to the Cherokees. I was reading about this earlier because it started to wig me out. You know, the Cherokees are one of the only tribes that believe in one God. Crazy. But the one that you feed is the one that lives. Come on, somebody. Are you you willing to feed your spirit? 
Or are you going to feed your flesh? Come on, come on. Are you willing to get in the presence of God and feed your spirit on a daily basis with the Holy Spirit and by the Holy Spirit and devour your word and eat and drink his blood and eat his flesh, which is what Jesus commands us to do? And he lost a lot of followers when he did that. But I don't think it was just because he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. I think some of them did have a revelation that it was saying, you're going to have to partake of me every single day. You're going to have to bear some of my sufferings. You're going to have to go through some of the things that I went through. And people just weren't willing to pay the cost that Jesus was asking them to pay. Come on, who am I preaching to? We've got to feed our spirit by the Holy Spirit so that we can produce what the Spirit wants to produce in our lives. The one you feed is the one that lives. You can feed your spirit by getting with the Holy Spirit, and you will live by the Spirit. That's what Paul is saying when he says, walk by the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Bible says elsewhere in Romans 8, 7, that your carnal mind is at enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. This is why it's so important to renew your mind. This is why it's so important to get in the word every day. This is why it's so important to spend time in prayer every day so that you can recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. Come on. So that you can push out every other voice that's in your mind, that's in your heart, that's in your spirit. But we have to stop thinking in the church that the devil is God's great cosmic foe who is in this epic battle for the soul of mankind. Come on. The devil and his minions are your enemy. But come on, somebody, before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. So Satan was defeated before we ever even got here. Man, I I think I got to break that down a little bit more. I don't know if y'all got that one. Because the devil is not God's uh, co-equal thing, the force that he's fighting in the universe that they're raging war against the soul of mankind. No, the Bible says that Christ was slain, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So that means that God had an answer for everything that was going to take place. He had already made a way for everything that was going to take place in our lives to get us back into right relationship with God himself. So He, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So what that means is that the devil was defeated before we ever got here. The devil ain't God's great cosmic foe. He might be yours, but he ain't God's great cosmic foe. You want to know what God's enemy is? It's your carnal mind. It's your flesh. It's your way of thinking. And I didn't get that out of some book or with a degree or a plaque I got on my wall. I got that out of just simply reading the word of God that says your carnal mind, your way of thinking, your way of living and doing things is what God's enemy is. But isn't it awesome that we actually have an answer for this? Called a renewed mind, called the Holy Spirit. We as human beings are just stuck in garden behavior. We as human beings are stuck in garden behavior before we renew our mind and take responsibility for our actions like Adam and Eve. I knew I wasn't going to get many amens on that. Because we always got a devil to blame. Oh, come on. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we always got a devil to blame or we always got a person that we can blame. It, it's called, it's what I call garden behavior. It's what Adam does. He says, oh, you gave me that woman, Lord. And then she's like, oh, but what about that snake that you put over here in the garden? It, it's, just, it's just like this. Whenever problems come up, that's what we call garden behavior. I call it garden behavior, man. If you can't take responsibility for your actions and get your flesh to hush, take a back seat to what the Spirit of God is telling you to do, that's called garden behavior. Stop pointing at fingers and take responsibility. Come on. Because y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about. The devil made me do it. Yeah, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. The devil ain't make you do anything. You just in your flesh instead of walking in the spirit so that you can keep producing the works of the flesh instead of the works of the spirit. Y'all want my honest, honest opinion? Devil ain't even worried about you. Devil's in Washington, D.C. De- devil, uh, I ain't even really laughing about it. The devil, he in Washington, he's in the United Nations. He's trying to wreak havoc on the world. He might be sending his minions against you. He, he might be sending his little devils against you, but devil ain't sent nothing. Devil ain't messing with you. He's got bigger fish to fry. I know that hurt some of y'all's feelings because y'all thought y'all was real important. That was a joke, too. It was a joke. But on a serious note, like we got to stop blaming the devil for everything, and let's, as believers, start taking responsibility for things. Come on. That's some good preaching right there. You know, I don't want to spend too much time on that and what I'm sharing next, but what I'm sharing next because I've got some good stuff to get to. And this right here is a little bit negative, but we got to talk about it real, real quick. What does the flesh or the sinful nature produce? Let's go through the list real quick. Adultery, sexual immorality, lewdness, adultery, sorcery, witchcraft. Well, I talked about that earlier. Pharmacia, it's actually drug addiction, drug use, hatred, strife, jealousy, rage, selfishness, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, and carousing. I had to look that last one up. Carousing? Sounds like something at a circus. <laughs> Carousing and reveries is what, is what the Bible says elsewhere. But you want to know what that is? Listen to this. It's the activity of drinking alcohol and enjoying oneself in a noisy and a lively way. This is talking about bar hopping and at the club. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And this also has to do with the types of conversations. Watch this. This has to do with the type of conversations that are happening in those settings. This ain't just about having a glass of wine and cutting it up with your family and have a good... No, no, no. This is about being at revelries and carousing. How many of y'all had a real, super intelligent, godly conversation on a Friday night at the club? Yeah, none of you. (laughs) But that's what that's talking about. That's what that is talking about right there. So then Paul goes on to say, this is very important, that people who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Pay attention to that. 
practice such things. Paul ain't talking about somebody who made a mistake. Paul isn't talking about something that you did in your past and saying that you won't inherit the kingdom of God. What Paul is saying is that people who practice these things as a way of life and as a way of living, it is an impossibility for them to inherit the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? I'm glad you asked. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost. See, when you've got those things on the inside of you, guess what? There's no room for the Holy Spirit to indwell in you. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you, you're in trouble, Jack. Because you want to know what the Bible says? That the Holy Spirit is your deposit upon your salvation. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what a deposit is, right? Like, if you don't pay the deposit, you don't get in. Man. Some of us in this list, you know, we, 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 I said it earlier, we understand about the big sins, right? We talk about them all the time. We talk about adultery and murderers and, and this and that. But, but did y'all catch some of that list? Strife. People who operate in strife and are mad all the time and always stirring up something. Dissensions and divisions. You know that the Bible says in Titus 3.10, warn a brother once. Warn a brother twice that stirs up divisions among you, and after that, have nothing else to do with them because they are warped and sinful, and there is no hope for them. That is some strong scripture. God don't play about stirring up trouble amongst the brothers and sisters in Christ. You better think real careful before you start putting your lips on people inside the body of Christ and in the church. It don't matter if they ain't perfect. They ain't going to be perfect. But I'm telling you right now, we better be real careful starting right here in this pulpit about what we're saying about other individuals in the body of Christ. Come on. Because other people are going to do it, but we're not going to do it. Amen? Amen? That's what we're called to. Sorcery, hatred, jealousy. Oh, there's a good one. That's a work of the flesh. Jealousy, selfishness, rage, anger, and heresies. We better be careful because just like the homosexual, the adulterer, the murderer, the sexually immoral person won't inherit the kingdom of God because those types of behavior, if they continue practicing those things, neither will the selfish person. The person who's constantly gossiping and stirring up trouble amongst the brethren. The selfish and the greedy person. The individual who's full of rage and anger and cannot control himself. The individual who's full of heresies that twist up the word of God into their denominational background or their way of thinking or their way of doing things or trying to manipulate grace into a license to sin. Those are what heresies are, folks. And when you get caught up in heresies as well, you ain't going to inherit the kingdom of God. Those individuals won't be inheriting the kingdom of God. I don't care how good their church attendance is. I don't care how many devils they cast out. Come on. I don't care how many prophetic words they got in their life. No, 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 no. Those individuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's what the Bible says. Now let's get to the good stuff. The fruit of the Spirit. Come on. Somebody say it with me. The fruit of the Spirit. It's the evidence that shows and proves that you really belong to God. That you believe in your heart and have confessed with your mouth. The evidence that you really are saved is this. That you walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Paul says against such things, 
There is no law. Translation to that of what Paul is saying here. There is no, it's not illegal in any country for you to operate in those things. Come on, somebody. It's not illegal in any government for you to walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. There is no law in the Bible that says you don't need to operate in them things. The Bible says you are to operate in those things. Every religion, every government. Every person would agree that if we live by these fruit in the world, the world would be a better place. And what that, what it, what is it that produces these fruit? It's what we've been talking about for five weeks. The Holy Spirit. If you do not have the Holy Ghost, you cannot produce these. You're going to do what your flesh wants to do. Amen. So we talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Came uh, uh, the gifts of the, the the Holy Spirit came to bring mankind last week. The gifts of the Holy Spirit were actually called to bring the body of Christ together. It is so baffling to me where we have ended up in the church because the gifts of the Holy Spirit have been the thing that has divided the church the most. And when you read the Bible, it says it's there to bring you together. That we need the gifts of the Holy Ghost so that we can prophesy to another individual that, that needs some encouragement and some edification so, so that we can pray in the Spirit so we know that we be praying for things that we know not. Like we need the gift of healings and miracles. That way when an individual walks in here that has cancer and is sick that we can lay hands on them and believe for God to heal them. Come on, we need miracles. We need healings. We need words of wisdom. We need words of knowledge. We need to be able to use the gifts to actually bring us together, Amen. not to tear us apart. But the gifts come, and the fruit needs to be right there with them. Y'all yeah. stay with me just a second longer. I'm almost done. The gifts come, but the fruit needs to be right there with them. I'm not interested in words of wisdom, knowledge, faith, miracle, healings, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues if you can't love nobody. Come on. Amen. Come on. Paul says in the next chapter, after he writes about the gifts, he says in the next chapter, if you don't have love, you are a clanging symbol to God. You are just making a bunch of noise. You ain't doing nothing effective. If you got all these gifts and then you don't operate in love. You know, the Bible actually teaches, too, that the gifts come without repentance. That's not saying the gifts come if you don't repent and give your life to Jesus. It's saying that the gifts come without repentance. In other words, when God gives them to you, he don't even take them away. So I'm telling y'all, we got to be careful and not operating in our gifting, but not operating in our fruit. If you're taking any notes today, my goodness, take that one. We got to operate in the gifts and we got to operate in the fruit. Paul is saying none of these things matter if you can't walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, gentleness, self-control. If you can't display self-control in other areas, your prophetic word is actually a hindrance to the individual. And they're looking at your life and saying, man, they're telling me about how God's telling them this and how God's told them that. But they have no self-control in their life. Like, how does an individual hear from God when they don't even have self-control? Because they're looking at your life and saying there's no, no self-control there. But they're trying to tell me that they hear from God, but don't have any evidence in their life that they actually have God. Oh, come on. I know that's tough preaching. 
But, but I see them speaking in tongues at church, but then they're stirring up divisions amongst the brothers and sisters, and they're always talking about somebody. I see them trying to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but I don't see no fruit of the Holy Spirit. They operate in gifts, but can't be gentle with anyone. They operate in gifts, but can't be patient for a thing, and they're always getting ahead of God and trying to muster something up. I hear Christians saying all the time, that, and I've even been guilty of this, saying, saying man, don't, don't pray and ask God for patience, because he's going to give you an opportunity. Y'all ever heard anybody say that? I've been guilty of saying it myself too, so I ain't getting on to you right now. I'm just saying, we better be praying for opportunities for patience, because if you don't have patience, you don't have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. By the way, it's fruit, not fruits. Y'all okay? You need them all. They come together. It's not good to be operating in one, but not the other. Come on, somebody. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Don't pray for patience, brother. God's going to give you an opportunity. I hope he does give me an opportunity. Because if I don't stretch and grow in patience. In the, aren't y'all glad that we serve a God who's Aren't you glad that Jesus was patient with you? And we're, dis, we're called to display Jesus in the earth. So shouldn't we have some patience in our lives with other individuals? Right? I'm glad that Jesus was patient with me. I'm glad that he was faithful even when I've not been faithful. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to tell you right now, we need the fruit just as much, maybe if not more. We spirit-filled folks, we get caught up on the gifts a lot. Don't get me wrong. We need them. I want them. We got to have them here. But we need some fruit as well. And hear me out on this, guys. I'm not being rough on anybody today and saying we don't got any of those things. I'm just preaching to us so that it never be. Y'all get what I'm saying with that? We need some fruit. We can't separate the two. They go together. Jordan, would you come play real quick? It makes it go down easier, Jordan, when you play. (laughs) They're able to chew it and get it down. We got to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We got to have the gifts. We got to have the power. We got to have the anointing. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need him to be our teacher, our leader, and our guide. But we also need the fruit. Brothers and sisters, what I'm telling you today by the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit is that you can't separate the gifts and the fruit. We talked about the gifts last week. We can't separate them. We can't separate the gifts and the fruit. These fruit or evidences in our life are what prove that you belong to Jesus. It's time we do a fruit check. Come on, I said it's time we do a fruit check. Stand with me on your feet real quick. It's time we understand that this is one of the major roles of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Holy Spirit didn't just come so we can pray in the Spirit and we can prophesy and operate in all the gifts and the cool stuff because that's the awesome stuff. That's the cool stuff. When you go lay hands on the sick and you watch them recover immediately, that's the awesome stuff when you can prophesy or get a word of knowledge and read somebody's mail about something that you have. You, you, don't, you don't have no business knowing. There's no way that you could have known it, but God told you it and you go up to the... That's the awesome stuff. That's the cool stuff. That's the powerful stuff. But I came to tell you that we got to have the fruit as well. Because the world is looking for a church that has fruit on the tree. You want to know why? Because I said it earlier, the fruit ain't just for you. 
The fruit is for the world around you so that they can pick that fruit off your tree. And if they ever taste and see that the Lord is good, they can give their life to him. It's time we do a fruit check. It's time that we understand that this is one of the major roles of the Holy Spirit is to bring fruit in our lives. That we must walk in the Spirit so that we don't get caught up in those fleshly behaviors and in doing so, disqualify ourselves from the kingdom. Yes, the Holy Spirit came to bring you power, His baptism. He's here to teach you. He's here to guide you. He's here to give you gifts. But He also came to bring fruit and evidence in your life. With every head bowed and eyes closed in the house today, I want to handle some business real quick. This hasn't necessarily been a salvation message today, but if you're sitting there in your chair and you're thinking to yourself, man, all this stuff that he's talking about, it, it seems incredible. It seems awesome. But I ain't never even had an encounter with this one named Jesus. I've never given my life to him completely and wholly. Not like just saying a little prayer and asking Jesus into my heart one time, but like really giving my life to God. I've never really done that. And if that's you and you're in this room right now, this ain't about embarrassing you, calling you out. Every head is bowed and eyes closed. If you really want to give your life to Jesus today and say, God, I'm surrendering. I'm done. I'm ready to give it up. I want your fruit. I want your gifts. I want your salvation. I want to spend an eternity with you and my other family who are Christians and believers. And God, I want to know you. If that's you, I'd ask that you lift your hand right now, wherever it is that you're at. Thank you. I see it. Is there anybody else today that just says, God, I, I really want to give you my life? We're going to pray together as a family with the individual who raised their hand to give their life to Christ today. I want everybody in the room to repeat after me. God, Father, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus. And I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I repent of my sins and I give you my life. Let this prayer be a defining moment of the day I said yes to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your fruit. Fill me with your gifts. Lead me and guide me. Holy Spirit, for the rest of my life, in Jesus' name, amen. Can we give it up for our new family member in Christ? Greatest moment of your life. To the rest of us, really all of us now, right? Ask the Holy Spirit to help produce fruit in your life.
you know, I'm not no gardener. My mama is now, but all oh, y'all been seeing her pictures on Facebook, I'm sure. <laughs> but they use this stuff called miracle Grow on plants and stuff. And it just, just makes it healthy, skyrocket, it booms it. You know who's the greatest miracle grow? The Holy Ghost. So ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, help me. I want to produce this fruit in my life. Because it's available to you. And I want to say this too before I close. Here at this church and in the kingdom of God, he is full of scandalous grace and hard truths. And that's how we're going to operate in this church. So I want to encourage you with this today. Like some of the stuff that I talked about, it's like hard truth today. It was in your face, right? But there's the other aspect of it, that there is the scandalous grace of this one named Jesus who paid the ultimate price and, and, and you can't outrun his grace. So, so if you're here and you're dealing, and you're even a Christian, but you're dealing with some of that behavior that I talked about today, I just want to encourage you. You want to know what it takes to simply clear all that out and fix it? Just throw your hands in the air and surrender and just say, God, I've been operating in some of that behavior that Pastor was talking about today, and no more. Holy Spirit, help me. No more. I don't want to produce any of those works of the flesh anymore. Holy Spirit, help me. And can I encourage you guys? He will do it. Jesus says, "What if wicked people know how to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly Father know how to give you the gift of the Holy Ghost? And the Holy Ghost is what we've been talking about. So if you simply ask for the Holy Ghost, what, what, what son asked their father for a piece of bread and he gives them a stone? If you ask him to help you and to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit, church, he'll do it. He will do it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing here at this church at Canvas Community Shepherdville. Thank you for the opportunity to teach today. It wasn't much preaching, but I got to teach today. I, I love getting to teach about your Holy Spirit and, Lord, all the things that you do for us as believers. You are the deposit on our salvation. Salvation hasn't got here yet, but it's coming. Salvation comes on the day that you return, Jesus. And so we thank you for the Holy Ghost who is the deposit on that salvation and who makes a way when there seems to be no way. Holy Spirit, we honor you. We thank you for indwelling within us, being with us. Lord, we are so grateful for all that you do and who you are. Holy Spirit, we're asking for more fruit. God, if we haven't produced fruit, we want the fruit. If we have produced fruit, God, we're asking for more. Let us operate in the fruit, not fruits, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Let us obtain them all, for it's what you've called us to. And you don't call us to something without giving us the ability to grasp it. So, Father, we thank you for that. Forgive us all in this room in the areas that we have failed you, starting with me in this pulpit. Father, forgive me for the areas that I have failed you. Wash me clean, wash us clean by the blood of your son Jesus. We thank you for that precious blood that saves us, heals us, and delivers us. Father, we give you the glory and the praise and the honor. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and the church said amen. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. 
If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.